Hey, I want to speak from the Bible this morning. I'm going to get into scripture real quick. Why the music is playing, it makes me sound super spiritual. So I'm going I'm to get in the Bible real quick. I got a couple passages to go through. One's encouraging, one not so much, but you'll kind of find that out. Can you turn in your Bibles with me? Joshua, Joshua 24, Joshua 24. Joshua, I have a brother named Joshua. He's Joshua Michael Jordan. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit jealous. Like, I don't know how he got that name. Like, I'm like, out of all, I mean, he was the first one, so that's not really fair. All, all my brothers, we all have three first names. It was a 90s thing. Joshua Michael Jordan. So I'm Joel Thomas Jordan. I'm the real JT. Uh, so Joshua 24, did you find it? Did you find it? Perfect. I have it on the big Bibles. That's awesome. This is a really quick verse. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. That's a powerful verse. That's a powerful verse. If you ever read the Bible, like, if you've ever read through Joshua, you're like, you read that verse, you're like, yeah, that's my boy. That's what I want to be like. But it doesn't stay like that. So that's Joshua, and that's actually the last chapter of Joshua. But the next book is Judges. And in Judges chapter 2, if you have your iPhones, you can be like, bah, bah, bah. like real quick, get, get a couple get a, like swipes. Not like that kind of swipe, but a swipe. Uh, man, geez, we, we're in the right place this morning. You're swiping like that. We're swiping for the Bible. We're turning pages like that. Okay. It says, after that generation had died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. That's the status verse in the Bible. You leave on a high note. And it's like, man, that's incredible. Joshua was that impactful. And then you read this, and this only is Judges 1, Judges 2. That's two chapters. Like, I don't know how long a chapter is in the Bible, and the life, but that's not very long. So I want to preach today on a title. I know some of you guys are OCD, like, man, I really need a title. I want to preach, changing the words, what's your legacy? Like ludicrous, but like different. It's like, well, what's your legacy? That's what I want to preach on tonight. What's your legacy? What's your legacy is my title. I'm going to pray real quick. I want to know what your legacy is. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into this. God, we thank you so much that we're in the house tonight of you. We're thankful that, like that song says, like we're not enough unless you come. God, we need you. We need you. I was talking to Zeke backstage, and he said his favorite worship song over the weekend is, we need a move of God right now. And God, I'm, so many people in this room, whether they wanted to come here or not, whether they're forced to, whether their kids guilt trip them into coming, they need God right now. God, I need you right now. We need you right now. So can you speak to us this morning from your word, from your passages that you put in there, can we learn from it this morning? Can we leave here better? Can we leave here experiencing you, Jesus, for who you are, and we leave changed? God, we're, God, we're in desperation mode right now because basketball season ended, and now it's only baseball season. And God, can you just help us get through until football season, God? Can you just help us get through? We can make it together. That's why we have a community. And all God's people said, amen. 
it's the worst part of the year. I'm going to be real. When it's only baseball season, like, if you like baseball, man, like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, if you just like watching people stand there, that's on you. But I want some movement. I want some action. And um, we're praying for that. It's a, it's a rough, this is a rough, rough couple of weeks, but the NFL draft is, a, the NFL draft, right, it happened. The NBA draft is coming, and the Magic need a good pick. And all, all guys, thank you, thank you. The front row, they're like, amen. The rest of you guys, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Like, hey, today being Father's Day, man, I'm excited to teach on this. I'm, in, I'm just excited to teach on a day like today because today is Father's Day. If you're a bro or you're a father, you're impacting someone's life, like we are thankful for you. Can we give it up for the bros in our life who are impacting our lives? I really think um, right now in today's age, you know, they say there's a toxic masculinity. I don't think that, I think there's just toxic people. I think today more than ever, we need men in our lives to stand up and show us how to live. I really believe that with all my heart. Like if men would, if men would raise up other men, um, this world would be different. Um, and women, you're not out of that too. I think the same about women. Um, my wife is better than me at pretty much everything. And so um, I need her. Um, but there's things, there's like one or two things that I could do that she can't and and those things I just try to do. Those are the only things I try to do. But I, I'm really happy about Father's Day. Um, I wanted to show you a picture of me and my pops, the original OG. The original OG. This is me and my pops, in case you didn't see. Look at that 90s swag. Man, my dad, not me. Um, that's me. If you, it's a little blurry, but that's my dad. Look at that 90s jumpsuit. Man, my dad, if you wonder where I got my swag, my dad had swag. Man, like, oh my goodness. Look at that. If you're wondering, it's like, man, Joel, I didn't know you had a 60s Mustang. No, that's the Mustang that my dad promised me, and he sold um, right in front of my very eyes. Yeah, um, my life would have been very different if I had that car. Don't you believe it? If I would have rolled to high school with a 60s Mustang, my life would have been different. I don't know. But that's the 60s Mustang. What's not in this picture, um, my dad is my coach, if you can't tell. Um, he does have a fanny pack on. It's different than a crossbody bag, if you can see it on the side. That's a fanny pack. That's a little bit different. What's not told in this picture is... Before this picture was taken, my dad had woken me up probably three hours earlier, made sure I ate a healthy breakfast. I wasn't allowed to watch Saturday morning cartoons because that didn't get me in the spirit of the game. Like, I had to focus. I had to focus on the soccer game. Like, cartoons one Saturday morning is not getting you there. He's like, you just have to sit there in silence. I'm like, this is terrible. He's like, you need to visualize what you're going to do today. And I'm like, I can't visualize anything. Like, I, I'm... I am eight years old. Like, visualizing anything is not happening right now. This is what's happening. I'm getting mad at him. He's yelling at me. I'm yelling at him. My mom is yelling at both of us saying, you guys are, need to be nice to each other because you have a game to go to, and then we take this picture. So that's what's not said about this picture. I just want to give you some context. My dad was that guy. Um, when, when I'm meeting that guy, see, I grew up in the 90s. Um, my, I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid, and my family believed in the ministry of laying on hands. And I'm not meaning about praying. Um, this was um, laying on hands to correct people. And how many of you guys grew up with the ministry of laying on hands? My dad was one of those people. I think I'm better for it. I do. It was the 90s. It was okay. Like, if, you, if you're in the grocery store, it, it is what it is. Be like, yo, it is what it is. My dad made sure that um, he let me know that that was not okay for certain things. And I got that a lot. But my dad was that guy. He was my coach for a long time. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was so close to God when I played for my dad because I would pray every morning like, God, please let us drive someone home because I just can't do it. Like if we lose, 
My dad has this memory that he's going to go play by play and let me know every mistake that I made. I'm like, how do you remember this? Like, what is wrong? Were you watching anyone else on the field? Like, and he would just be like, at the 16th minute, you had a bad pass. What was going through your head? I'm like, dad, I'm eight. Like, I don't even remember it. I don't even remember the 16th minute. I don't, there's no clock anywhere. Like, how do you remember the 16th minute? I was like, I was keeping it on my watch. I was like, why were you doing that? Like, my dad was that guy. So I would pray. I'm like, God, please take someone else home. Because if we took someone else home, that means from their home to my home, I only had like a small window of my dad laying into me. And some people are like, oh, that's only if you lost. Oh, no, 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 no. That's if we won too. <laughs> because my dad was that dad. It's like, you could have played better. You could have played better. I saw you just walking in one of the plays and you were just like, whatever. Like, I saw that. And he was just like, we don't do that. That's not us. And like, he had this thing. He's like, man, he's like, we're Jordan men. Like, Jordan men, Jordan men hustle. They're hustlers. And you need to be a hustler. And I saw you not hustling. I'm like, Man, what the heck, man? Like I just like I just want to go home. Like I don't want this. Like I don't need this in my life. But my dad was a great inspiration to me. I went on to play soccer for a long time. My dad was kind of like that. Um, he was an Air Force brat. And so he was a little bit more strict. Um, maybe because his dad was a little bit more strict and he just wanted me to be the best. He played professional soccer, and so he wanted to push me to play soccer. But I'm I'm thankful for the legacy that my dad left me. I really am thankful that the legacy that he's left me. One of the things that I learned from my dad very early on, and I learned in the scripture, is, believe it or not, so this, was, this picture was taken on a Saturday. Um, if you play sports, I'm just showing him, grew up playing sports, play sports now. Okay, perfect. Oh, man. Okay, awesome. Yeah, if you play sports, you're going to have games on Sunday. But I grew up as a PK. So that that's a, conflicts a little bit because it's like, what are we supposed to do? And I grew up in a household, it don't matter, man, you were going to church. Like, I grew up in a household, like, I don't care if you were sick, if you can't breathe, if you got a broken leg, we are going to carry you and you are getting into church. My dad left a legacy that, hey, listen, if a game's on Sunday and it's Sunday morning, then you're not going to that game. That's the legacy he left. My dad believed in something that I think is lost a little bit. And I see this in the passage in Joshua. It's like, what happened from the end of Joshua's life that everyone followed Jesus, everyone was following God, everyone believed in God and what he had done for Israel, but then in Judges, they're like, I don't even know who that is. What happened? So I want to give you a couple of things that if you pay attention to these things, if you write them down, and if you don't write them down, just pretend like you write them down to make me feel better, because... I'm a student pastor, so that just makes me feel better. Just play like, I don't know, whatever popular game is. Just play, da, 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 and it'll just make me feel better. It's like, man, they're paying attention. So I think a couple of things that can help you with your legacy that they missed out on. And the thing that can help you with your legacy is what you prioritize. See, all my points today are going to rhyme. All my points are going to rhyme. They're going to make it really easy. I came from a Baptist background. They all rhyme. You give, what you prioritize is what other people are going to see your legacy. See, what I think happened from Joshua to Judges is they stopped prioritizing the little things. And it's not bad things. It starts with some good things. And maybe this is my head at home. It's like, I'm a family guy. My family's really important to me. 
And that's, that's important. I believe that. They'll be like, man, does Pastor Joel not believe in family? I believe in family. I think family is super important, but not, not, if it's at the, not if it's the cost of God. Like they started prioritizing other things on top of it. They started piling other things. Like, man, sports are really important, and I believe in sports. I played sports. I think it made me a better person to play sports. If you ever had your dad coaching you, you know what I'm talking about. Like it, it, makes, it toughens you up a little bit. I think everyone should have their dad coach them at least once. Like I believe in sports but not at the cost of God. Like the priority, like your priorities say a lot about you. And I was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me, it's like, man, I was like, how do you define certain points? And he's like, man, priorities, your inner circle know your priorities. Your inner circle is the one who knows your priorities. So if you don't think they speak, they speak to your children. They speak to the people around you. Your priorities say a lot. What you put first you put your career first, and that's awesome. I want you to make money. I think you should make money. But if you put your career first, your kids and other people are watching you. That's your priorities. And that's speaking something to them about your legacy. It's like, what legacy do you want to leave? What legacy do you want to leave around you? If you're like, man, Joel, I'm not a parent. You got people around you. Everyone has people around them that are watching them and be like, man, where do they stack? What's most important to them? What's their priorities? What do, they, what do they put on their schedule first and what gets bumped? See, we got priorities. That's why when we're on a, when we're on a trip, a conference, yeah, I don't want to call it camp anymore because don't get it twisted. These, these kids were not sleeping in bunks like we did. They were sleeping in suites. All right, they, they had it made. They had breakfast. They, they, they had it made. And they're like, oh, you woke us up early? You were sleeping nice. Like, yes, we woke them up early. We were trying to show them that priority. Like, you need to get in your Bible first thing. That's a priority. And if you could set your priority on the word of God, your life would look different. See, Joshua and Joshua 1.8, look at this. Joshua got his priorities straight. God is telling Joshua, he says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. God's been like, hey, listen, here's your priority list right away. I'm up top. You keep this up top and you're going to keep a legacy that, that's going to keep lasting. If this is number one. That's the standard. That's the standard right there. there. There's no if, ands, or buts. That's the standard. And Joshua, this is hard for Joshua, because if you read Joshua 1, Moses had just died. So that's like taking over from Michael Jordan. Like, they're like, Moses is the best ever. Like, this guy's coming in, and they're like, you're the franchise player now? And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I think it's just ironic that it says Joshua, son of none. Like, that's his dad's name. Like, that's a bad name. Like, son of none. Like, they, he was a nobody. So it's like, man, he didn't have much qualifications. But God's like, hey, listen, it doesn't really matter as long as you have your priorities straight. You can, you can leave a lasting legacy. And I wonder if some of us today, our priorities have shifted a little bit. It used to be here, but now it's kind of just anywhere we can fit it in. And that's just not the legacy. If you want to see a life-changing legacy, that has to be number one. And that's what Joshua was able to do. He was able to do that. And if you don't know what your priorities are, ask your inner circle. 
Ask your, ask your kids. They're going to be honest with you. I spent a whole week with kids, and they let you know, like, Joel, that's not cool. I'm like, oh. They're like, you're doing that little whoop thing wrong. Like, I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, I don't even know what that is. I got taught this weekend. Like, they'll, they'll let you know right away where your priorities are. Your, your spouse, they'll let you know right away where your priorities are. They'll be quick on it, too. See, what I think we struggle with, another thing is I was talking to Zeke backstage, and one of the things that they talk to the students is that students, and I think all of us, we fall into these traps. And one of them was like an insecure trap. And one of them was the victim trap. And I think we fall into these traps because we're visualizing the wrong thing. And another thing to keep your legacy is, is what you choose to visualize is what you're going to see. What you choose to visualize is what you're going to see. So if you want to have a lasting legacy, you need to visualize something else. See, God knew this with Joshua as well. Because if you read through Joshua, and again, I'm not going to go through every passage just for the sake of time. But in Joshua 4, when they crossed the Jordan River and Joshua had just taken over and they had crossed the river before. And they're like, okay, you're going to do it like Moses did. He's like, no, actually, God told me to do it a different way. And they're like, what? And they're like, you can't do it that way? And he's like, well, that's what God told me to do. Like, I don't really know. Like, and he's like, all right, we're just going to try it. And the, the sea splits. And then Josh, Joshua gets instructed by God, hey, listen, real quick. Before you move on, I want you to build a monument. I need you to build a monument right there in the river and on the bank. And you're like, why would he do that? He's like, because I want you to remember when you look at that monument that I delivered you. And he's like, and then every victory you have in your life, every victory, every time you conquer a nation, Jericho's next, build a monument when you're done. Like every victory you have in your life, you need to build a monument. You don't want to know why also? Because he said the next generation, when they ask, hey, why is that monument there? You need to point back to it and say, that's when God delivered us. But I think some of us, we haven't built any monuments in our life or we're visualizing the wrong thing. We're visualizing our failure. We're visualizing our insecurity. We're not visualizing where God got us through. You're not building any monuments in your life. We need to remember those monuments because that's what God, he... Man, he did some stuff for us. I don't care where you're at. You're alive today. You're breathing. You're here today. God has a monument in your life. He has done something for you. If you don't look back at it, man, you're going to be looking through a different lens. And that's what they were talking about with these students. They were like, man, the victim trap. I know so many students who be like, man, if that would have never happened to me, if that would have never, man, if I would have grew up in a better home, man, some for some people, it's hard for Father's Day. Father's Day is a hard subject. It's like, man, if God would have never, if God would have never, and I get that. But what if you looked at it in a different lens? What if you visualized something different? What instead of why God, be like, hey, what God, how can you use this? This happened in my life. Life is life, but you're God. How can you use this? Not why did this happen? How could you use this, God? What's up? You got me? I'm, I'm available. How could you use this? My dad was constantly telling me that. Like, he was like, you need to visualize the field. You need to visualize what you're going to do to an opponent. And as an eight-year-old, you're like, I don't understand that. But now I understand that. You need to remember the victories that you've had in life. Because that's what's going to get you through the next obstacle. You need to visualize. That's what leaves a legacy. Now, this next one, man, this one's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. This one's hard because Joshua was a man who had pretty good vision and he could remember things and stuff like that. But I think the best trait about Joshua was that he never compromised. He had a high standard. 
and where you do or don't compromise is going to speak about your legacy. See, some of us have a high bar. Some of us, we're down here. Our standards are super low. And I'm going to be real with you. Y'all need to raise y'all standards today. You need to raise your standards. You want to be, make a difference? Raise that standard. Like be someone who doesn't compromise. I mean, I see all the time, it's like, well, I don't eat. Like, he's like, oh, well, I never eat that, except if I forget. Like, that's compromise. Like, that is compromise. Like, I do that all the time with my eating. It's like, I never eat junk food, except every day. Like, that's compromise. But some of us do that in our lives. We are compromising all the time. Joshua was a man of no compromise. The first time we really hear about Joshua, and he's like, man, this dude's, he's the dude, is when God's like, yo, that land over there, it's yours. So what I need you to do is take it. And Moses is like, okay, no problem. We're going to send some spies over there and see if we can look at the spies. All the spies came back except for two. They were like, nah, nah, bruh, not today. We're good here. Two of them, Joshua being one, was like, that's ours. That's our land. God told us. I'm not going to compromise. God told us already. That's my land. A cool passage with Joshua is Joshua one day, he got real with them. And I'm, I'm, I just wanted to be real with you guys today because Joshua got real with his people. And Joshua 24, he got real really quick at the end of his life. Maybe because he was old and he's just like, I'm just going to spit the truth. Right? Like, I'm old anyway, so what are they going to say? Like, how many of you got that grandpa that they just say what they're going to say? And it's just, it is what it is. It just is what it is. You can't change them now. And that's Joshua. He says, look at this. In Joshua 24, 15, but he's a, but if serving, like, look at this. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today. He's like, you got to choose today. Like, where, where's your standard? Where's your standard at? He's like, you can serve these other gods or you can serve me. But he goes, he's like, you can serve God. He said, but for my family, but for my family, we're serving God. Like, there's no compromise. We have a high standard. We had a speaker that was changing students' lives by what he said because he's like, why are you waiting for someone else to be the standard? Why don't you be the new standard? And I think we have, we're raising up a generation to look at someone else and be like, I want to be like them. Why don't we just, why don't we be that someone? So that someone could look at us. And be like, you know, me and my family, this is what we're doing. Our priorities, this is what we're doing. One of, one of the pastors was saying, man, like my dad would always say, he's like, no, Jordans, like they go to church. That's what they do. Church is first. That's, that's the Jordan household. For me and my family, the Jordans, we go to church. The Jordans, we get up and we read our Bibles because we need God first thing in the morning. That's what Jordans do. The Jordans, we get on our knees and we help God. That's how we fight our battles. That's what the Jordans do. Like, we're not compromising. We got a high bar. And I feel like it's easy when you got a low bar to fall into sin and get into these traps. Because some of us have compromised so many times. We compromise our friends and who we let speak into our lives. And it's little by little. But if we have a high bar, man, that speaks a legacy. That's a legacy right there. It's to not compromise. My dad was a man of not compromising. I remember that. Like, I remember watching my dad on the couch late at night in his Bible. I remember that. 
as a kid, I'm just like, man, my dad is so boring sometimes. Like, he's just sitting there, on his, like, he's just reading a Bible, and he had one of those old, like, old school big Bibles. Like, if you beat someone with it, they would die. Like, and he's just, like, a big leather one. It wasn't, like, tiny like this. Like, it was like that. And it was King James to the core. Like, my dad was like, man, and he was taking notes in it all over the place. I remember my dad was a man of no compromise. I always wanted to get in this Bible and always take notes. I remember asking my mom for that Bible. Because I'm like, man, my dad spent so much time in it. But he, he had his priorities. He wasn't going to compromise. No matter what came in his life, that was a priority. No compromise. I remember that. But see, another thing, and this is, this is kind of like my last point, and I'm going to start closing here. And what that means in pastor terms is we have about 10 more minutes. Is what you emphasize is probably the most important. See, you be like, well, Joel, prioritize kind of sounds like emphasize. But see, prior, priorities to me is more like your scheduling. Emphasize, so pri- priorities is what your inner circle can see. But I had a friend of mine who was like, bro, emphasize is what your, the outer circle could see. And bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. I got convicted right away because it's like what you emphasize, what your outer circle sees is what they think is important to you. I'm like, dang, man. I hear a lot of people talking about, man, Joel loves his shoes, but man, I don't want that about my life. I want, man, Joel loves God. I got convicted. Because what you emphasize speaks to people. What they see, what you post on social media, that speaks to people. If it's all about me, 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 that's your legacy. But it's about what God's doing in your life and changing lives. Man, what a legacy. Some of you guys are like, man, I, man, I don't have time for that. I'm going to be real with you. We all got time. What you emphasize is what's going to be your legacy. If you made time for pouring into the next generation, what a generation. We need people pouring into this generation saying, get up and get your Bible. We need people walking through the scripture. I had a a kid who had a different translation, and he was so nervous. He's like, I got a fake Bible. He didn't know. He never read the Bible before. He's like, Joel, this is a fake Bible. It's like a fake pair of Nikes. I'm like, that's not fake, bro. Like, that's for you. But he didn't know. The first time he had an emphasis on reading it. Now he knows. That's a real Bible. What if we started emphasizing, like, as men, I know it's not the best thing, but what if we started pulling down our cool level a little bit and started emphasizing worshiping God? Like, how would that speak to the next generation? Like, what would that look like? And be like, man, what if it looked like we sing these songs, like this is how I fight my battles. What would it look like for your kids to see you on your knees in prayer? What would that look like? You'd be like, I don't got kids. What would it look like for the people around you to see you on your knees in prayer? That's your emphasis. How would that change the people around you? I remember that. I remember my dad doing that. See, what's cool about Joshua he left a a lasting, lasting legacy. In Joshua 4, it says just about Joshua. And this isn't even the end. And it says, that day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all, all the Israelites. And for the rest of his life, they revered him as much, just as they had revered Moses. That's a great verse. It's like, man, they looked at him, he's level. 
I'm one of those people, I think no one will ever, ever meet Michael Jordan. I'm not a LeBron fan, I'm a Jordan. But that's like saying you're on level with Jordan. Like, that's unthinkable to me. That's what they're saying about Joshua right there. Because he did these things. He didn't compromise. He had his priorities. His emphasis was something different. It was, I'm going to God first before anyone else. If God says, walk around these walls, that's a stupid battle plan, but I'm gonna do it. Like one time in Joshua, it's so funny, like he's attacking this nation. He's like, that's your nation. And the sun's going down. And Joshua's like, well, I'm just gonna call out to God. Hey God, can you make that sun stand still? And God's like, God, I got you, bro. And he makes the sun stand still. Like. This guy was a guy of audacious faith. Like that's what people look and they're like, man, Joshua, that guy was crazy. He believed God for crazy things. That was my dad. I got to see that legacy. See, Father's Day, I know it means something different to everyone. And I get there's some hurt, there's some pain. And I'm, I'm referring back to my dad a lot because that's, that's all I got. See, when I was a ninth grader, my dad passed away. But I'll tell you what does, something that lasts is legacy. See, my dad was a part-time student pastor. Hmm, that's kind of funny. My dad worked about 50 hours a week, coached the soccer team, and then still poured into lives. You don't think you got time? I learned the importance of pouring into the next generation because my dad left a legacy for me to follow. What legacy are you leaving? Are you leaving a legacy that points back directly to you? Are you leaving a legacy that points to God and like, man, if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be anything. Other people could see that they're gonna follow you. When I was in worship last week, it was so funny. It's the cutest thing, but it's so awesome. I'm in worship, standing next to sixth graders. Chase and I, we're raising our hands, we're praising God, and they look up at us and like, we could do that too. So they started lifting their hands and they started worshiping God. People are looking at you and say, we could do that too. They're looking for you to be the standard. We need to stand up and be the standard. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, church. Some of you guys, man, it's too late for me. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you to change your legacy, to turn around. Some of you guys haven't even started yet. Are your legacies all, all been about you? Today is the day that you could change that. Today is the day you could make the most important decision for the people, not only you, but the people around you to see and give your life to Jesus today and say, this is gonna be my new legacy. Like today is the day that I'm following him and my legacy from here on out is looking different.